This is a Cato Special Podcast. I'm Caleb Brown. The debate over reforming U.S. health care doesn't need to be so narrow. So says U.S. Representative Paul Ryan. Ryan gave the keynote address at the Cato Institute's Conference on Health Care Reform, held June 17, 2009. This is the second part of his comments. Let's not continue to segregate poor people from the rest of society when it comes to health care. Let's not have those Medicaid patients come into the clinic and the doctor's office in the hospital with poor person stamped to the forehead where they're pushed back to the side of the line. You got to remember, and I don't know if where each of you come from, but where I come from, most doctors won't take Medicaid patients. It underpays them. They don't want it. And so you already have rationing occurring. They're already getting, in many instances, second-class health care. So we're saying integrate them in with everybody else. Voucher out Medicaid a cash benefit for Medicaid families, $5,000 on a, on a card to go in addition to this tax credit. So a Medicaid family under the poverty line, about $11,000, $10,700 to be specific. And then for people up to double the poverty line, that cash benefit phases from $5,000 down to $2,500 and integrate them into the system. Now insurance, I'll go quickly over to this. We're saying, by, by the way, these Medicaid reforms save about a trillion dollars <laughs> and that helps us pay for uh, the kinds of things that we're doing to make sure that the money that go to non-taxpayers come from spending savings, the money that goes to the taxpayers comes from the money that taxpayers were getting under the exclusion. This bill is revenue neutral, tax neutral. That's very important. You can fix these problems. You can have universal access to affordable health insurance in America, even for people with pre-existing conditions, without having the government take the thing over, without new taxes, without new spending. And that's exactly what we're proposing. On insurance, we're suggesting to set up state-based exchanges. These exchanges are voluntary from around. Voluntary for the individual to participate, voluntary for the insurance companies to participate in them, voluntary for the states to set them up. We have incentives for states to set them up so that people can go and have basically like e-health insurance in each state or in state uh, regional cooperatives if they want to. States can join together to form these exchanges. So people can go into the individual market and see on an apples-to-apples basis what kind of health insurance they want. Compare and contrast plans. These things we're saying in exchanges, you have to have a system, a mechanism, so that the uninsurable, people who had breast cancer eight years ago or had prostate cancer, can also get affordable health insurance. Risk adjustment uh, is the tool we use in this. We're also encouraging states if they want to do risk pools or reinsurance, they can choose to do that as well. The point also is we want to have a basic uh, benefit so that you can give individuals access to affordable health insurance like large multi-state corporations do through ERISA. So each of these exchanges had to have at least a minimum kind of a benefit health care plan without the bells and whistles. A Blue Cross standard option, it achieves the same thing you seek to achieve with interstate shopping, but does it another way, which we believe is easier to pass through Congress. I'm a huge fan of interstate shopping rights for insurance. It's in every other one of my health care bills. Um, But we know from doing this in Congress that there's no way we'll get that passed. So we're achieving it a different way, which is the purpose of having an interstate shopping right is if you're stuck in New Jersey with all of these heavy mandates, you want to buy an Iowa or a Wisconsin-regulated plan, which has just the basics and is much more affordable. Well, why don't we have these state exchanges where that Iowa and Wisconsin basic kind of plan is available in New Jersey? That's one of the mechanisms we put together in these exchanges. So we give individuals access to more affordable, basic insurance that doesn't have all these bells and whistles and all these heavy, costly mandates. Another final point I'll simply make. In addition to health IT, 
privacy protections and things that are not run by the government, we also think you need to have transparency. And here is a huge difference in opinion from where the White House is going and what we're proposing. The White House and Reggie Herzlinger, you're talking next, I assume, Reggie? Reggie Herzlinger can do a far better job describing this than I can because this issue is really her brainchild. The, the, the notion of having the comparative effectiveness housed within the Department of Health and Human Services is a regulatory model whereby enlightened bureaucrats will decide how health care is to be delivered, how transparency will occur, how best practices will happen, and then the government, the, the greatest payer now and probably the single payer later if this plan comes effect, will make these decisions. Enlightened dictates from bureaucrats are still dictates from bureaucrats. And so that is not the path toward um, transparency. And that, in my opinion, will take these young people coming out of society, out of school, and they're going to look at this new sector and say, why would I want to be a doctor? Why would I want to have all these student loans, spend all this time in school, only to come out and basically be a de facto employee of the federal government and have them tell me how to do my job? So what I fear is if this regulatory model is put in place, it's the same kind of bureaucratic model they have in England. They call it the National Institute of Comparative Effectiveness, otherwise known as NICE. Um, this is not the regulatory model we want to pick. We're saying, let's have a market self-regulatory system. We want transparency, so let's take a look at FASB, the Federal Accounting Standards Board. It's a very similar system that we're trying to replicate here, which is that is not a government agency. It is all the stakeholders involved in, in setting accounting standards, innovating with new, new tools so that you have transparency and the market self-regulates itself. If you say you're going to use these standards and you cook the books, then the SEC will get you because you committed fraud. We're proposing the same kind of structure so that when we're measuring things, replacing a hip, a knee, a cataract surgery, you know, bypass, the American College of Cardiology, the orthopedic surgeons, the specialists themselves will design the metrics at which we measure these things so the stakeholders themselves in a market self-regulatory structure will come up with standard metrics on price, on quality, on best practices, and the market will make the decisions within there. And if you say you're using these metrics and you cook the books, then you will be committing fraud and the government, the Health Services Commission, like an SEC, will come and get you. What we're trying to say here is we want to have health innovation. We want to make sure that those heart surgeries that are invasive now become less invasive later, and we want to encourage those kinds of new break, breakthrough technologies to be rewarded, not controlled within a government system. That's why we want to have not bureaucrats writing these regulations. We want to have the American College of Cardiology saying, here's how we should do it this year, and here's how we should do it next year, and standardizing the metrics. The point here is this. Our plan starts with and revolves around the individual. We take all the money we spend right now, which is two and a half times per person than any other country in healthcare. The government itself will spend $5 trillion over the next 10 years on healthcare for people under age 65. We spend plenty of money, enough money. Take that and don't spend it through bureaucracies or through third parties, but through individuals. And give individuals power. Give them power to get affordable health insurance. Give them power in the form of money to buy that health insurance. And give them power in the form of information, apples to apples comparisons on how best. And through that power, going through the individual, we believe you can fix this problem and everybody can have affordable health insurance, even though they might even have a pre-existing condition without new taxes, without new bureaucracies, 
where the nucleus of the system at the end of the day is that patient-doctor relationship, not a government bureaucracy. U.S. Representative Paul Ryan is from Wisconsin. You can listen to or watch other speakers from the conference held June 17, 2009 at our website, healthcare.cato.org.